we have a, a theme that has happened. And that theme is forgiveness. It turns out that in my small group, I gave a syllabus that said, here's the seven or eight things I'm willing to lead us through this small group season. And it was a list of different topics. And so we handed them out and everyone voted from one to three on what they want to go through in this little season. So it turned out that the uh, <clears throat> number, one, one, number one that everyone somehow voted in and added up, it turned out to be the Christian and forgiveness. And so then I learned Brad and his group are doing, did the same thing, forgiveness. So the Lord has been hitting it. And tonight the lady's teaching is on forgiveness. And now, so it just turns out that he is wanting to, for us, establish firmly this foundational teaching of Christianity. Without forgiveness, there is no reconciliation with God, right? A primary work of the cross. This is a foundational thing that all Christians need to have a good grasp on. And so the Lord is laying it in our foundation so that we will be equipped to help others when they don't have it. So I'm going to embark on this journey with you today and we're going to get our oars out and move our boat down the river together. Okay? So I was going to start here with some scripture we have from uh, the command Jesus gives us and it's in Matthew 18, 21 and 22. So in this, this verse, Peter comes up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, how often will I forgive my brother? sin against me. How often will I forgive my brother's sin against me? And how often will I forgive him? He says, as many as seven times. That's quite a lot. Seven times. You know, seven is a special number in the Bible. You might have been in a Revelation study where they're going through the seven churches. Where there's the seven lampstands. There's the seven spirits of God. <laughs> seven is a number of perfection in the Bible. And so he says, should I forgive him seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but 77 times. All right? So here is the Lord telling Peter that if your brother sins against you, you should forgive him. And this idea of seven times, okay, seven times, and maybe I stop there, then it's 77 times. This is an idea that says, no matter how many times they sin against you, forgive them. There's no other, I say to you, Jesus says, I do not say to you seven times, but 77. All right. So let's look at the promise that Jesus gives us in Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, okay, so that's it. Let's just do that part. He will forgive you, right? This is the promise, that if you forgive others their trespasses, he will forgive you. All right. Now, um, 
we just read up here, together with Suzanne, who led us through the Lord's Prayer, that the Lord, in that is one section, he says, when you pray to God, pray in this way. And there's a number of things he has in there, right? Ask for your daily needs. And he says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? This is an idea of forgiveness. So we can look at that scripture again in Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We just went over it. So here we have Jesus giving us the example of how we should forgive people of their debts. Interesting word, debt. What is debt and what is sin? Hmm, I wonder what he's talking about. Well, let's continue. So now let's look at Matthew 6, 15. This is the warning to the body of Christ. The warning is, but... If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hmm. Interesting. So there's a warning from the Lord. He says, look, I command you to forgive up to 77 times, an a, a, a unstopping number, right? And so we come here, and uh, Jesus gives us a word picture. He gives us a parable of what the kingdom is like. So let's bring in, look, just read through this because it has a lot of important information. This is the parable in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When this fellow servant saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also 
my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So in this parable that Jesus gives us, this word picture, we see that the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And we are, in this picture, his servants, right? We are believers in Christ. We are partakers with Jesus, and we worship him together just like this morning. And because of his work on the cross, his blood has cleansed us from our sins when we believe. We become able to come to God because of Jesus' work on the cross, the final sacrifice of the system, the perfect lamb, no, the, sinless, the sinless son of God. So here, very close to redemption is this idea of forgiveness for sin. Now, he comes and he says, there's this fellow, this servant, one of his servants, who owed 70,000 talents. Okay? I'm sorry, 10,000 talents. Forgive me. Uh, I did a while ago look up in a Bible, and it's been a while, but there was a, the, a talent is like 30 to 40 pounds, right? And so in this scripture, it doesn't tell us what the talents were. Were they 30 or 40 pounds of denarii or 30 or 40 pounds of gold? Um, when I was a kid reading this, I always read the word gold. So now I'm reading and I say, wait, there's no gold in here. I don't know what's in there. But uh, one of our study Bibles said that this was an equivalent to $6 billion, right, in today's currency. So the idea is, is that our sin is a debt that is so large we can never repay it. Do we remember last week when we had communion, our brother Christopher gave us a story about a fellow who, if he slaps his wife, what's the consequence? Oh, in Pakistan, there is no consequence. But if he slapped the police officer, uh-oh, bad day. And then, finally, if he slapped the president, it could be execution, right? So, and the story, as Christopher told it, was that the larger, the more important the person, the larger the offense. Nothing is as important, no person is as important as God, whose glory stretches from one horizon to beyond another horizon. It's like spitting on that glory when we sin and demeaning it. It's an infinite debt. So here Jesus gives a picture to these people, a talent, and 10,000 of them was an unimaginable amount of debt. And that is the picture of our sin to God and what he has forgiven us on the cross. But the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. And that's what happens when we become believers. Jesus said, believe on me, right? What's the verse in Romans 10, 9? 
If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In Romans 10, 13, for all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So then we see the servant after he has been released from this incomprehensible debt goes out and he grabs his fellow servant who owes him something. He owes him a hundred denarii, which at that time, a denarii, as far as I can tell from the study references I've seen, is the wages for one day. And he owes him a hundred days wages, not lifetimes worth of wages. And he does not, and he pleads with him, just like he pleaded with the other servant. But he did not forgive him. And so he put him in prison. Um, it wasn't too long ago in this country and around the world that if you were in debt and you didn't pay it, you actually went to prison. They called it debtor's prison. I think the last, if I remember correctly, from some fourth-hand tales that the last debtor was a lady in Atlanta in 1905 that went to debtor's prison. But take that with a lot of salt. Okay. Makes it hard to pay your debts when you're in prison, right? And so the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy... And so here we see that God's forgiveness of this debt is mercy. It's mercy to us. We get something we don't deserve. We deserve to be punished for or to pay that debt. How can we? He said, I had mercy. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. Now this word jailers is in the Greek torturers. It is not jailers as in the ESV. It is torturers. And some versions translate this as tormentors. Until he should pay all his debt. So what is the debt he owes? It's forgiveness. Right? And so Jesus says, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, no exception, every one of you, who do not forgive your brother from your heart. And so this is a, this is a command that, <laughs> this is kind of scary. Did you know that there's an example in the Bible that talks about God sending a tormentor? Let's read it together. It's in the Old Testament. It is in uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold, now this is a different story. A harmful spirit from the Lord is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit of God is upon you, he will play it, and you will be well. So Saul says to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, behold, 
I have seen the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and skin and the skin of a wine and the skin of wine and a young goat and sent them to David by David sent them by David his son to Saul and David came and Saul entered and, and entered his service and Saul loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer and Saul sent to Jesse saying let David remain in my service for he has found favor in my sight and whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, and Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. So we see an example here in the Old Testament where a harmful spirit, a torturer, <laughs> was sent from the Lord. So the Lord is sovereign, and he is one who disciplines his children. So, the consequences of forgiveness, of unforgiveness, may be greater than we have imagined, right? Um, at this point, I want to talk about some of the cultural things that our uh, society, there's a couple of things here. First of all, when Jesus couches this, both in the prayer that he gives us and in this word picture, this parable, he couches this sin as debt debt so let me just talk to you about that let's say that I go up to Colton and I go bam and slap him on the face this is called sin right I shouldn't do that I mean it's an obvious blatant sin and it hurts Colton I said why would he do that it hurts it hurts physically hurts emotionally right so here he is saying that, that hurts. Now, I ask you, how is that debt? Let you think about that for a second. <laughs> how can I pay Colton back for that sin? How, what can I do? How can I relieve his hurt heart? How can I take those emotions away? How can I heal his pain that he experienced? How can I repay him? I don't know. I can apologize. But ultimately, it will rely upon Colton to forgive me, to release me from paying him back. All right. So when we think about sin, Jesus has described it as a debt we owe to God that we can never really pay back. And if I hurt you, which I'm sure I've hurt plenty of people, uh, I don't know if I can really pay that back. But what God says is that we, as the person who was hurt, as a believer, we have the responsibility and the command to release that debt. I want to talk about some of the things that our culture um, conflates or makes... Uh, some of the things that cause us not to release debt. That's what I want to talk about. All right? To release someone from the sin debt they owe. 
So first one that come, I want to talk about what forgiveness is not. What forgiveness is not. This is a, a couple of things that have come up in the culture. Um, and this causes people not to release other Christians from a sin debt. All right? So what forgiveness is not? Let's look at one. First, forgiveness is not saying what happened is okay. It is not saying that the sin that was perpetrated against you was okay. You are not saying, oh, everything's okay. That is not what forgiveness is, right? Number one, it is not saying that what happened was okay. Number two, forgiveness is not trust. Trust and forgiveness are two different words, right? So if I sin against you, you may be hurt. You may forgive me from, and make it so that I don't ever have to pay you back, but you may not trust me. And third, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is when two people come together and agree to have their relationship restored. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Did you know that reconciliation takes two people? Have you ever seen a marriage where one person wants a divorce? And no matter how hard the other one tries, the marriage is still broken because it takes two people to be reconciled. Forgiveness only takes you, right? Forgiveness is about you. It is not about the other person. And it also means you don't have to tell the other person that you forgave them. What if they died? How do you forgive someone that's dead? If you have it in your mind that you must tell them that you forgave them, then you have a problem, right? So forgiveness is for you. This is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus commands us for our good so that we can be free. All right, let's talk about what forgiveness actually is. Forgiveness is taking an account of all the hurt, all the pain, all the grief, all the anguish that you suffered is taking a full accounting of it like the king did in the parable. He took an account and the servant owed him 70,000 talents, right? So forgiveness is taking an account of all the pain, hurt, and sin, or whatever it is, that has been perpetrated against you. And two, it is making a willful decision to release that person from ever paying you back for all of that hurt. It is not saying that you trust that person. It is not saying you reconcile with that person. It is not saying that that person did was okay. It is actually, it is actually figuring out how bad it was and then saying, for all this badness, I will not require you to pay me back. As we mentioned in our small group, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, Right? Uh, we also have some ideas that if I don't release this person to the Lord, then the Lord would not act out justice. Well, I don't know. I don't think you have the power to stop the sovereign God from disciplining his children, right? Uh, but I do know a couple things. I'm going to give you a couple of pictures of what forgiveness can do 
to you. These are a couple of pictures that we've crewed over the years. Um, I don't remember who told me this one first. One of you probably did. But unforgiveness, holding in that debt and keeping it in your heart, not releasing. Unforgiveness is like drinking a bottle of poison and then looking at the other person and hoping they die. All you're doing is killing yourself. The second picture is I'm holding on to this debt. It's like this gigantic chain with a ball on the end. And I'm dragging it through life. And it's heavy and I'm not giving it up. You owe me. And so until you release that thing, you're always looking back. You're always looking back to that thing. You're holding on to it. And it's always impeding your life. And until you release it, it's hard to look forward. So there's two pictures for you, what unforgiveness does to you. And the third part is, <clears throat> when will the master send the torturers? <laughs> okay, how long? Remember our story of the church in Thyatira? You remember Jezebel? A literal woman who was leading people into sexual promiscuity or immorality. And Jesus says very clearly there, I gave her time to repent, but she did not. I gave her time to repent, but she did not. And so I'm going to throw her on a bed of suffering with all her children and those who follow her teachings. Right? Remember that? So, when Jesus tells us to forgive us, give people, it's for our good, right? And it doesn't mean that you have made friends again. It doesn't mean that you've been nice. This is just the basic, this is the most basic part. This is the first element. That friendship should be restored. That Christian should be reconciled. We will be in heaven together. Does that make you happy? <laughs> All right. So, I wanted to go to this place and I wanted to leave you with those three things. Forgiveness is not trust. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is the precursor, perhaps, to reconciliation and the precursor to reestablishing trust. Forgiveness is not saying that what was done was okay. And forgiveness of your forgiving someone does not release them from, automatically release them from ever being justice is served. Either Jesus paid for that sin for them or it will be a, they'll account for it. It says in Matthew that we will account for every idle word. I think that's why in Proverbs Solomon says with many words is sin. So let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays. All right. Anyway, so let us uh, remember that forgiveness is what Jesus did for us and what he commands us to do for others, that forgiveness is good for you. It's good for you. And emotional healing, a lot of times if there's a lot of pain in a place, one of the blockers that, that keeps that pain from being healed by the Holy Spirit is 
people not having released the perpetrator from what happened. That pain is as fresh in their heart, in my heart, uh, now as it was when it happened. It's like a battery. It's stored up and it's ready to pop out during life. All right. That's about what I have for you today. At this time, we're going to have our last worship song, and then Dan is going to lead us in the benediction. And I would like to, as the band comes up here, just give you a moment. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to um, reveal to you any place where you might have unforgiveness for someone. You might not have any. I don't know. But I'm going to ask him to. And so as they play, uh, just reflect upon that. Uh, if there's a picture that comes to your mind, a person, a memory, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks a lot of times in these cases. He brings up these things, and all that he requires today is for you to just simply say, this is how much it hurt, and I'll never require you to pay me back. Unforgiveness can uh, just really, really make you sick. Uh, I've been there. I've, I've had unforgiveness that I had to deal with, and it'll just really make you sick. And until I gave it up, it's like a reflux. It just keeps following you, keeps coming up. And you just need to forgive these people for what they did to you and just uh, deal with it and then you'll be made whole again. Amen. Thank you, Charlie. Okay. Thank you, guys. Lord Jesus, I ask that during this time, during this worship, Father, that you would bring up to us any person that we have not released from having to pay us back for whatever sin it was that we experienced. Lord, as you have forgiven us for all of our sin, that your son has gone to the cross and shed his own blood to cleanse us from, we ask, Father, today that you would help us, Holy Spirit, to uh, operate in this area and be whole, Father, before you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>